We're down to three contestants, and this week's challenge is a big one. They need to book a big guest, plan an interview, and edit it into an episode. Will they publish a podcast interview that impresses the judges? Find out on this week's episode of America's Next Top Podcaster. Greetings and welcome to America's Next Top Podcaster. It's the podcasting masterclass that, after a few expertly placed interview questions, opened up and revealed itself to be a reality competition. I'm Bobby Frankenberger. We're getting close to the end of our competition, and now that we're down to only three contestants, it's time to do the final interview challenge. This challenge combines many of the skills the players have been tested on in previous weeks. They'll need to interview a guest, plan and execute good questions that will pull out interesting conversation, they'll also need to take that recorded audio and edit it into an engaging episode. However, this interview has an added wrinkle. They need to book their own interview guest all by themselves. For that reason, we've given the remaining contestants two weeks to complete their challenge instead of the normal one week. Our remaining three are Jason Peters, Ken Pelishok, and September McCrady. Kelly Lynn Colby went home last week during the editing challenge. So let's start with Jason. For this challenge, we gave the contestants the option to meet with their podcasting coach, Tom Merritt, either in the first week of the challenge, probably before they had managed to book a guest, or in the second week of the challenge, likely after they would have already interviewed their guest and were in the editing process. Jason decided to meet with Tom early in order to get some tips on how to book a guest and what to do to make the interview as engaging as possible. Hey, congrats on making it to the top three. Uh, you, you, who, who you got lined up for this interview? Well, still working on that. Uh, yeah, got a couple. Course, uh, got yeah, got a couple of lines out, and uh, yeah, so we'll see kind of who comes back. Uh, you have to booking is a skill of its own. Uh, sure. And I'm actually not that great at it myself. Uh, but but one of the <laughs> things you that that's hard for me is you got to be a bit of a nuisance. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you've got to email people multiple times if you really want to get them sometimes because they just don't see it or they forgot or whatever. 100%. So you're actually talking to someone who has literally made hundreds of cold calls over the year. Good, uh, good. Okay, sales. so you're, so, you're, yeah, you're totally in on this. It, that's yeah. awesome. So, you know, I know that we have 15 minutes and unless we get Barack Obama, we're encouraged to do 10. What would you say is a good length to shoot for in terms of the actual interview to then end up with our 10 to 15 minutes yield? Yeah, so I you set people up correctly. You want to go longer. You want your actual interview to be longer. Yeah. Um, I'm more about like how much, like, like yeah. 30 minutes, 45, an hour. Like what's a good amount of time? I, I to think 30 is probably going to be good enough. Uh, okay. it, it somewhat depends on how much of a time commitment you, you can make and, and your guest can make 30 to yeah. 45 would be the, the outer edge when you're talking about 10 minutes. I, I, I would think 30 is probably the sweet spot to make sure like, okay, I've got three times as much stuff as I need. That's not too much to have to wade through, uh, but it'll make sure that I have lots of options. Do you have any advice in terms of the types of stories that tend to play well agnostically as far as the audience is concerned, right? Like if I get a baseball guy, then baseball people are going to go crazy and no one else is going to care. And if I get a movie right, guy, same thing. Right. So like, is there, do there tend to be narratives that are kind of, you know, uh, I guess go beyond the thing itself that people tend to respond to that. I yeah. Can sort of I mean, when, when you think of the the best interviewers out there, you, you think of the, the Barbara Walters and the, you know, the John Stewart, 
Uh, they draw something out of the person that's universal. Uh, the thing that is expected when you interview a baseball person is, is that person tell you a story about baseball and that great game they had and, and the weird time on the field. What you don't expect to hear is, you know, when they went bull riding one time and broke their arm, uh, you know, the, the, the child that they had to give up for their career and then, and then were reunited with later. So, so you're trying to find those stories that are compelling to everybody, but relevant to understanding the person. Research can help with that, where you, where you can uncover like, oh, that's an interesting thing about this person, but I don't see this element of it. That's what you want for an interview. You want the the thing that people know about, but nobody ever asked them this. Uh, yeah. And and the other thing is is just listening while you're talking to the person and trying to come up with follow up questions that are going to provoke a thing where they're like, you know, I've never really talked about this before. That you're like, that's gold when you hear him say something <laughs> like that. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you. All right, here. Jason. Yeah, you got this, man. Can't wait to hear you, who you get. <laughs> With some great advice from Tom about how to dig deep and find the great stories from his interview subject, Jason was now in email inbox refresh mode while he waited for interview subjects to respond. Eventually, he did hear back and booked an interview. It was at that time when I wanted to sit down with Jason and hear who it was he was interviewing and how he was preparing. Well, hello, Jason. It's week 10. And you're you're in the thick of it. How are things going? Yeah, man, uh, things are going pretty well. There's so many different ways to approach this, right? Do you approach this from finding the guest that falls most within your wheelhouse of comfort that you have like the mm-hmm. most background info on that you can sort of, but you know, we also have this aspect where, you know, we're supposed to get the highest profile person that we can, right? I just flat out, like, I don't really know a lot of, you know, famous, semi-famous people, you know, I don't know, I right. really have like blue check mark friends or none of that. So, so I've kind of been like, you know, talking to friends and trying to get friends of friends and this and that. So, yeah, uh, it took a little while, but uh, actually was finally able to secure a guest. I'm really excited about it. And uh, he's actually a uh, baseball announcer. It's this guy named Tom McCarthy. And, um, uh, so interesting kind of fun fact, like I'm not a huge baseball guy, but my wife, she knows a lot of people. And for whatever reason, it's very funny because I kind of, in terms of the sports world, I consider myself like a football fan first and foremost. Um, and I've never really been super huge into baseball, but I end Mm. up for whatever reason, making friends with people who love baseball, right? Like, (laughs) or even marrying them in the form of my wife. Right. But I've got several friends who are super into baseball. And when I say into baseball, like my wife actually scores baseball on like an old school piece of paper with like first, you know, inning markings and all that stuff. So anyway, when she's watching the game. Yeah, like we'll go to games and like she'll sit there, she'll have her pad of paper and she'll and she'll be doing like the old school. So yeah, there's always like some 75-year-old wow, cool. guy who's like, oh, that's awesome. I haven't seen that in years. And you know, they talk <laughs> about that. And I'm like, I have no clue what's going on, man. Like I <laughs> – so, so I'm not a sports person. I wouldn't mm-hmm. recognize – so so the, ch- the challenge is then for any of the judges or anybody who listens to this who is like me – you got to come up with something that's going to be compelling, right? Because because one of the challenges of this competition as a whole is that you are sort of forced to make all of your episodes for a broad audience, right? Yeah, correct. Well, and so as I was thinking about it, I actually realized that this whole situation actually does kind of put me in a unique position to succeed because yeah. for whatever reason, baseball people seem to like me and we hit it off. So like, cool, I totally expect me and Tom to have a very nice rapport. So, but yeah, but I realized that to your point, 
people that are into the thing, right? The thing being baseball are going to eat it up. But yeah, Mm if 90% of our people aren't into baseball, basically I can try to create something that's compelling for someone like me, right? So if I don't really have an interest in, you know, some of the stats or things like that, um, okay, what am I interested in? And sort of, you know, what's a narrative that I can latch onto? That's what I think is, is the secret sauce of these interviews because I'm a believer that... I mean, what did what do shows like This American Life teach us is that there's stories everywhere as long as you as long as you're looking for mm-hmm. them, right? You could just talk to anybody and and they've they've got a story to tell, and you just have to be able to to see it, you know. Do you have a lot of experience with interviews? Yes and no. So I would say in terms of strict interviews, no. But I am very familiar with like guests and talking with other people and stuff like that. Like on my show, we have a number of guests where we just kind of an open-ended conversation, but it's less, it's less peppering them with questions and more talking about the thing. Right. Um, And then I've been in sales for 12 years. So there's kind of an element of that that just is inherently built into that. I'm going to let you get back to preparing for that. I can't wait to, to hear what it is that you put together. Um, like I said, I've never even heard of this guy, but I'm sure I'm going to get a great story out of it and, and, and be interested. Your goal is to make me interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I'll take that mission and I think we'll do it well, man. Hello peoples. And welcome to at the beginning, the podcast where we talk to accomplished individuals about how they got started in their field. I am your host, Jason Peters, and today we are fortunate to be visited by a legend in the sports casting community, Mr. Tom McCarthy. Now, Tom is a versatile announcer. He works in numerous different sports, the highest profile of which would be calling games for the NFL on CBS Westwood One, in addition to his regular duties as the national play-by-play announcer for the Philadelphia Phillies. That's right. Every single time you watch a game on television, Tom is the guy who's there guiding you through the game. Now, he's also received a host of accolades and awards. This includes the Pennsylvania Sportscaster of the Year in 2014. And in 2011, he was inducted into the Trenton Baseball Hall of Fame. He's even had a radio booth named in his honor, and that currently stands at Arm & Hammer Park in Trenton, New Jersey. So, yeah, pretty big deal, this guy. Please enjoy this discussion with sportscasting legend Tom McCarthy about what his professional life looked like at the beginning. Tom McCarthy, the one and only. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what we'd like to do on this show is talk to people about what your professional life looked like in the early Next up is Ken Pelishok. Ken also decided to talk with Tom Merritt in the first week of this challenge before finalizing any bookings for his interview. So a lot of Ken's questions for Tom centered around how to go about booking people and land a great interview guest. Hey, congrats, Ken. Top three. How how you feeling about this interview? You got any booking ideas? Unfortunately, my inbox is a ghost town right now. Yep. I'm getting a little worried it's Wednesday. Don't worry. That I don't know if you've ever heard uh, authors talk about, like, I had 3,000 rejections before I finally got my book accepted, and now I'm J.K. Rowling. Uh, that's that's the way with booking, too. Like, you just get silence a lot. So don't, don't let that discourage you. 
when you're when you're approaching it, uh, are you sending out multiples? Or are you waiting to hear back from somebody? I had a few kind of white whales that I sent out that first night. Uh huh. Um, now I'm just kind of like maybe I should just send them all. Maybe interview whoever says yes and pick yeah. the best. I th- that's the right headspace to be in because you're not likely to get too many people <laughs> responding. It can happen, uh, and then that's a good problem, right? Uh, and you can even phrase your, your booking uh, like, I'm looking for someone to interview. If you are interested, let me know. That way, if they come back and say, yeah, I'm interested, and you've already got somebody, you know, you can say, well, I may not make it, but, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I've been going like 90, well, pretty all email, basically. I don't social media a whole lot, so. Yeah, but you should. should. Yeah, yeah, DMs, man. I've booked more than a few people uh, by DM. So what are we talking here? Twitter? Facebook? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. that's the mindset you got to get in is like, how can I get at them? Not what's the one best way? Like, you know, go on Facebook. If you don't get an immediate response, go on Twitter. Uh, I want to spend a little time talking about interview technique, though, too. I am a complete noob. I have never interviewed anyone that I can remember. The key from what I can tell, and I've gotten better at interviewing over the years, but it's not something I was naturally great at. Uh, the key is having a plan in mind for your questions, but being flexible about following it. You don't want to just read a question, listen to the answer, read the next question. You want to listen to the answers and think of what questions you would have if you were listening to that answer. Sometimes you may, okay. may not have any, uh, but always think of follow-up questions and try to make it as conversational as possible. Okay. The hardest thing with interviewing is interrupting the person you're interviewing because you've asked them to come and spend their time talking to you and it feels wrong to cut them off. And there is a wrong way to do it. Uh, But at at some point, you may need to to cut into them. The beautiful thing about what you're doing is it's not live. Uh, So so you can always just edit down long answers, uh, which which gives you a little leeway to like, well, I'll let them talk this time. Okay. Um... Boy, um, I hate running out of questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why you need to write them down ahead, ahead of time for your interview. See, you're tying it yes. all together here. Yeah, you don't want that to happen in the interviews, so you got to make sure you have lots of them. Eventually, Ken did get a response and booked an interview guest. It was at that point when I came in to have a chat with Ken about who he managed to book and how he was planning to approach the interview with whomever it was. All right, Ken, it's week 10. How are you? I'm great, Bobby. Feeling a lot much better than I was earlier this week before I had someone booked. So this is a funny or maybe a pretty funny story too. Uh, We have the Discord channel um, Uh uh that uh, contestants are in. And we were just kind of talking about character actors. And Jason mentioned... Uh, Stephen Tobolowski, who was kind of he in in I think he's best known for uh, Groundhog Day. He's like the annoying guy who kind of runs across the street to talk to Bill Murray, and just before he steps in a puddle or something like that. But he's one of those guys. He's he's been in over two hundred things, and you know, looking up on him. He's actually kind of a deep guy. 
there's a lot of directions I think I could go with him on an interview. He's he's a big storyteller. He also kind of has led an interesting life. And, and if you Google him, you can see there's a lot of family tragedy and stuff that I don't necessarily want to get into. But he's very um, contemplative. I wonder what he wants to talk about. Um and I'll happily talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Um, I, I wonder if he if he's a little bored of talking about Groundhog Day and would like to maybe talk <laughs> a little bit more about his stories. And there was a Super Bowl commercial, I think 2021, that basically reenacted the whole thing. It was the first, the only commercial Bill Murray's ever done for, for Jeep. And they oh, basically wow. redid... Uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah. So maybe I'll start with him on that. And then. So, okay. So you've got your interview. You've gone through the process of booking someone. Uh, do you, do you have a plan yet? Like how you plan to approach the interview? Do you, I know you were just mentioning, you know, some ideas thinking about, I threw ideas about what you're going to talk mm-hmm. about. I want to kind of talk to him, start with his experience as an actor. Um, and maybe as a launching off point, talk about uh, that Super Bowl ad and revisiting Groundhog Day. Uh, he did he did an interview for CBC Radio, and he was yeah it was it was weird to hear how almost philosophical and metaphysical he was about this movie. That you know he's he's Ned the the guy who runs across the street in that movie, you know, like but yeah. he, he has a lot of like, he's deep. I would like to, yeah. to get into his, uh, his writing and just his, his philosophy and writing. He, he did a play, he's a Jewish guy and he did a play up, uh, about a friend of his. He met a Holocaust survivor. The play is a good day in Auschwitz kind of a controversial title but it's it's kind of a message of hope right and it's about this guy this real guy he knows named abe i'm gonna let you get back to everything that is involved and getting all that done and i can't and i I guess i'm gonna say one more time for the like the fifth time i can't wait to hear it okay and that's my that's my crutch phrase i guess now and um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you <laughs> the next time we talk. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I'm a terrible interviewer. All of a sudden, <laughs> that's all right, Bobby. I just all right. I'm the same way. I'm just hoping I don't choke Monday. Hello, dear listener. I hope you're having a good day, because boy howdy, have I got a new friend for us to meet. To see him is to be overwhelmed from uncanny familiarity. Where do I know him from? And in your head, you hear. Ned? Come on, Ned Ryerson. Beetle knows Ned. Ned the head? And bing, it hits you. That's right. He's that guy from Groundhog Day. But to reduce the prolific character actor, Mr. Stephen Topolowski, to that guy Ned from Groundhog Day, or any of his other near 300 roles in IMDb, is like pointing to a loaf of bread and calling it a teaspoon of baking powder. For it is but one tiny ingredient in the makeup of Mr. Stephen Topolowski. Welcome, sir. Hey, it's good to be here, Ken. Very good to be here. So back, I think it was it was during this pandemic dystopia. You you 
had done an interview with CBC Radio. Mm-hmm. You were talking about uh, that movie Groundhog Day, which... We have one more semifinalist to check up on. September McCrady was the one contestant who decided to wait until the second week of the challenge to chat with her coach, Tom Merritt. She instead focused her attention on booking and would wait to get tips from Tom after the interview was over. For most of the first week, she sent out interview requests and waited to hear back from someone that she thought would make a compelling entry in this challenge. After the weekend had passed, without a response, she was beginning to get nervous. But she finally did score the interview she was hoping for early in the next week. It was at that point that I swooped in to have a chat with her just before she finished prepping for the big moment. Okay, here is September. It's time to uh, finally chat um, I say finally because, you know, the the passage of time will not be as apparent to our listeners, but it's we're in the second, so there's a two-week challenge, and this is the second week you've been working on booking an interview. You've got <laughs> the interview booked, and uh, tell me about it. Wh- what are we looking at? Who are you going to be talking to? Um, I'm interviewing Will freaking Wheaton. That's a really big uh, get, so wow. It is. <laughs> I'm like freaking out. So, so this is an educational uh, podcast, our show, America's yes. Next Top Podcaster. So please tell everybody, how did you accomplish this? So I went to Facebook, actually, because after I Googled around a little, but I already know he doesn't accept any DMs for any number of obvious reasons as a celebrity. <laughs> sure, exactly. No one, no one should be surprised to, about that. So uh, I was on his Facebook page and I went into the comment section on his Facebook page and I s- addressed him. And he's amazingly responsive to all his fans. Yeah. He shows up. And so I was like, listen, Will, I know you don't accept DMs, but I'm on the show called America's Next Pot- Top Podcaster. And for my next challenge, I need to book an interview and I would really like to have time with you. How should I go about this? And yeah. he responded to my comment, and he told me, uh, my publicists are Tanya and Elena at it's Wonder. Get a hold of them. So I went to the website for his publicist, the company, and I was having a hard time because it was all just trying to sell me paying on paying them to do my publicity, right? And I almost went back to his page, but I was like, I don't want to bother him again. I'm going to dig a little deeper. So I used the names of his publicists with the company name to Google, and I was able to find their resumes and therefore their email addresses. Yeah. Um, So I emailed them, introduced myself, told them Will gave me their names to reach out and see about scheduling a short interview. I gave them the scenario that I was a contestant on uh, ANTP. I sent that link. I explained where I am in it, what the challenge is. The episode, let them know the episode would be released in approximately five, four to five weeks by mm-hmm. them. I let them know that this show is an educational one about podcasting, couched as a reality show style competition. Um, I let them know the producers and judges are part of communities like Frog Pants, Dog and Pony Show Audio, uh, that the host is uh, Brian Ivett Coverville, and that Will can choose what topics he'd like to speak on, a little about me as a fan and as a survivor. So you're so to 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 package it up as a lesson for anybody listening, like like what you're doing is you're saying this is a publicist whose job is to book these sorts of things for 
their client, right? Yes. So they need to know what what's the dealio. <laughs> yes. Right? So I mean, be you honest, are providing be clear. <laughs> yeah, and you need this interview um, by a certain deadline, right? So you are wanting to make sure that they have the full story and as much information as possible so that they don't have to dig and they can get back to you. Like, and I guess that's the thing, right? When you have someone who's a publicist, they, they have sent me a whole packet of assets and right. question suggestions and stuff. I know he's open to discussing all these things and they've been sent to me and it's confirmed with this. Uh, wow. That's but- really great. That there, that lets you know. So what I'm thinking about as the it interviewer, gives permission. yeah, that lets you know that this is a place you can go, and this is a place that there would be something to talk about, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you got to wonder when you're putting together your your interview beforehand, like, okay, I can try to approach this, but is that going to yield anything? You know, but but this is these are things that. They gave me a good list of long, specific questions. Uh, September, um, get to work. Nose to the grindstone. Get that. uh, Get yourself prepped and take some deep breaths before you uh, before you get on. My husband's like, you need to have some wine or something. Yeah, (laughs) just uh, just don't fangirl all over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, good luck, September. Very excited to have an all-star interview lined up, September continued to prep and then had her chat with Will Wheaton. Afterwards, she met with her podcasting coach, Tom Merritt, to discuss where to go from here. Hey, congrats, September, on making it to the top. Oh my goodness, thank you. <laughs> yeah, or top three anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, who are you interviewed and how can I help you? I interviewed Will Wheaton today. Oh, very nice. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Good get. So that's exciting. That That's kind of what this is all about, too. So I'm glad that that's working out. How did the actual interview with Will go? Um, it went really well. I um, it, it, It's kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been listening to like all the stuff he's been putting out lately. It's heavy, right? This yeah, book. yeah, yeah. And I, I purposely started off with something lighter, something like about BBSs when we were, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's okay. What about the what about the content itself? I mean, if you got twenty minutes, that should be enough. Yeah, I think it's enough. I'm actually going to. I did get permission and clarified it. Um, frame this as an episode of Geek Girls. Oh, good. Yeah, nice. Yes, this is what we're doing. So I don't know whether I should put. I'll see what kind of time I have when I cut it up. Put in some kind of audio examples of his work. We don't really refer to any of it though, and I kind of wanted that and didn't get it. Well, why don't you do it? Uh, you, you, there, there's nothing wrong with starting an interview with, with a, a bio, right? Where you say this week we sat down and talked with Will Wheaton. Of course, you know, Will Wheaton from the next generation. And then a, you know, short clip of, of him saying something, uh, on, on the next generation. But of course he's, he's, he's more than that. Uh, he's done this, he's done that clip clip. Uh, and recently he's been talking a lot about blah. Yeah. I'll see if I can make it fit. I mean, I did do the intro is, you know, um, actor, author, all around nerd. Of course. And that's most of what we talked about. We, we but I mean, we talked about, but if you, if you add a little more production element, it's going to sound flashier and it's, and, and it's going to add the richness to it. Uh, and it set that listener up to be like, Oh, okay. So I'm going to hear more about X, right? I mean, you, you obviously aren't going to use the script that I, <laughs> I just gave you. Yeah. You're going to use something that works for you, but yeah. I, I would do that. I would, add, I would add a little, little production panache at the beginning. Uh, and that, that will, that will also help show the judges that you have, 
you know, you have some chops, you know, that is just a straight interview doesn't highlight as much. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. How you how are you feeling about the uh the the course of the 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 content? I know we only have a minute left here, but I feel good. I feel good. good. It's good. maybe you know a little darker than I intended, but I expected it. Dark might is good. Better. Dark is compelling. You know, don't be afraid of that. Like, yes, it may not be the same tone your show normally might have, but uh it's it's probably going to to make a more interesting listen. Welcome to Geek Grills. I'm September, also known as Nine of Twelve. I am here for a very special episode today. I have a guest who's an actor, a producer, a best-selling author now, and all-around nerd, Will Wheaton. Hi. Hi. I've been listening to a lot of your pressers and, and podcasts you're on, and I thank you for coming on a podcast instead of just press junket stuff. Oh, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a real pleasure to, to speak with you. And when I got your email, I was like, hey, this sounds really cool. And what a neat thing that I get to be part of. So I'm really glad it worked out. It is. You're like going to be great for any show. And I... Hello, Hammond again. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a tool that has been in my arsenal since I started using plugins. The vocal writer, very similar to the playlist writer, this works at the track level, not at the master level. If you have individual tracks that need some leveling attenuation, this will ride the slider automatically to keep the voice in a specific range that you set. If you want it to be louder, set it to be louder, and it'll automatically do it as the vocals are done in real time. If you want it to be quieter, same thing. I have used this on individual tracks of this very show. I have used it for literally years in my other shows I work on. This is an invaluable tool that keeps consistent vocal and dialogue levels. It keeps a steady vocal level without affecting their sound. It's an open sounding mix by avoiding over compression. Real time means zero latency and no pre-scan needed. It intelligently adjusts vocal level based on the dynamics of music tracks. So you can do it with a sound bed as well. And write the automatic writing to an automation track if you really need to get in there and do some fine tuning. The Vocal Writer by Waves is a tool that I, I use a lot and I will continue to use it. And I recommend if you have any issues with leveling, the Vocal Writer will help get you to where you need to be. Go to waves.com or click in the link in the show notes to get more information and get Vocal Writer now and start sounding better today. It's time for us to check back in with Tom Merritt to hear what he thought about each of these three semifinalists. After that, we'll meet you over at the stage with Brian Ibbett to hear what the judges thought about the interviews. I'm a little worried about Ken, uh, not because I don't think he can do it, but he didn't seem to have a, a strong direction he was going in. He seemed a little befuddled. I think that's because 
of his personality in some ways it, it it can he can sound that way and he's not that way or he wouldn't be in the top three and i think we all know that at this point so i'm trying not to be like oh okay that's just kind of the way ken ken talks uh but also it's early in the process and i think he's a little panicked that he's like didn't get an immediate email because he's never done this before so hopefully i was able to allay his concerns and say like look that's just the way it goes just keep at it you'll get somebody uh he needs to take take charge and do that but once once he gets the person i think he's going to be fine jason has the uh the advantage here that he is is good with booking he he's good with with the process of cold calling and, and all of that that you need to get the person. He doesn't sound worried about getting a person. Uh, he was asking all the right questions about how to make a good interview. So I think he's a couple steps ahead right now. Uh, it all, of course, comes down to whether he can execute in the interview and and what what person he ends up getting to interview. But uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about Jason. So September has problems, but they're all good problems, which is, oh no, I got Will Wheaton for only 20 minutes. Uh, you know, she's, she actually has some problems with the Zoom recording that sound like they're challenging, but not disastrous. Uh, so that's kind of annoying, but uh, hey, 20 minutes with Will Wheaton is going to be great for a finale. So great get. I, I think she's a little nervous about the fact of the tone of what Will was talking about, but that is what Will talks about these days. Uh, and I told her, you know, if it sounds dark, that's compelling listening. So I, I think she's, uh, she's probably, uh, got a leg up, uh, at this point, uh, since we know who she got and I uh, can't wait to hear her interview. Greetings and welcome to America's Next Top Podcaster. It's a masterclass in podcasting whose Xbox gamer tag is Reality Competition 69. I'm your host, Brian Ibbett. Tonight on the show, our remaining contestants, September, Jason, and Ken, took everything that they learned in the past nine weeks of challenges and created an interview podcast. They had to take on every role from booking and scheduling to conducting and finally editing their interview into a podcast. No small amount of work, and we'll talk to each of them as their shows are being reviewed by our judges. Speaking of our judges, let's meet them now. From Infinite Gain, Jenny Josephson. Ooh, yeah. Yay! And from the Frog Pants Network, Scott Johnson. Hello, and thank you for having me. It's great to have you both here. And filling in for Justin, we've got someone who's no stranger to conducting great interviews. It's also no stranger to this competition. Members of the Patreon feed can hear him every week interviewing the contestant that got eliminated. And longtime listeners will remember him as one of our finalists in the very first season of ANTP. But savvy listeners also know him well through shows like The Dad Chronicle and Joystick and Mouse. Welcome back to the show, Alex Albisu. Oh, hello. Uh, thanks for bringing up uh, one of the most painful experiences, me losing this show. Thanks. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, are you experiencing any PTSD with this, uh, you know, coming back to the Zencaster recording and all that? Yes, I have a towel next to me for all the sweat that is pouring out of my head. And uh, we're going to survive this one way or another. Um, but it's not me. <laughs> Uh, that's being judged. It's it's these three, and I'm happy to be on this side of it. Uh, listen, as a as a seasoned interviewer, what kinds of things were you looking for this week with uh, our submissions? I was looking for a few things. Uh, first and foremost, I, I wanted to see that there was context and flow to the conversation. Um, I, I think that having a good mission behind the conversation that you're having. Uh, is good and it's it shows value add to uh, the listener and gives them a good reason to to listen in the first place. Very good, um, Jenny. How about you? I know you're going to be looking for a lot of technical 
uh, elements. You know, I mean, at this point, I feel like technical is the baseline at which all of these contestants should be playing. So mm. I actually feel like I shouldn't be looking for technical. I'm mm. looking for jealousy. Ooh. Which is to say, am I so jealous that they got an interview with this person that I want to <laughs> uh, reach out through the internet and hug slash uh, uh, shake my head sarcastically, but really it's admiration. Um, Scott, how about you? Well, um, as someone who considers himself a decent interviewer, um, this is one of my favorite things that you do on the show. Um, and part of the reason I like it is because sometimes the contestants will do things that I don't do well. And I'll, and I love seeing that. I love seeing a thing where I'm like, Oh, why don't I do that? And really I'm looking for a, you know, a compelling story about a person in the short amount of time you had with them. And boy, some people really did that this week. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk to our, uh, contestants, and we're going to start this week with Jason. Hello, hello, Jason. Uh, really enjoyed your interview, and and tell me about how you went about picking Tom McCarthy for the interview. How the the scheduling, how all that worked for you this week? Yeah, it was pretty interesting because I'm not a baseball guy at all, um, mm-hmm. and so, but I'm also not well connected to anybody in the industry or whatever. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I know you guys said to to go for it, and yeah. funny enough, like so. I actually realized that a lot of the people that I actually respect, so I'm a film guy, right? A lot of the people that I respect aren't even on social media. So I was like, okay, who are some of my favorite like uh, filmmakers? Werner Herzog, Martin Scorsese. They don't have Twitters. They don't have Facebooks, none of this stuff, right? So, you know, you send an email, it goes to their agent. Their agent's like, get lost, kid. Like, you have any money right. to give us? Whatever, right? So yeah. it's kind of striking out in like my lane, so to speak. And uh, but I've been uh, staying in touch with uh, old boy Trip Rogers, uh, our mm. contestant from this year, and he's very well connected to the sports world. So um, he kind of reached out and said, "Hey, you know, I, I I'm really well connected to the baseball world. If you'd be willing to give that a shot." So um, it's it was a great choice. I mean, it was um, a, a very brave choice, and and you definitely got to be applauded for that by. Uh, picking a direction that isn't in your wheelhouse, right? All right, well, let's get to uh, our judges. We're going to start off with Jenny. So first of all, I thought that this was the best structured interview in the sense that it had an opening, (laughs) which I thought was great to have an open to your podcast and explain what your podcast was about, right? Hello, peoples, and welcome to At The Beginning, the podcast where we talk to accomplished individuals about how they got started in their field. I think that uh, on a big picture, booking is the whole ball game. Uh, because this is a very good interview. This is a very um, thoughtful human. You asked very thoughtful questions. I am not sure that outside of the broadcaster's home region, anyone will care enough to listen. And so if you were like doing this interview as an extended cut on local Philly sports radio, those people would be really interested. And outside of that, I am not from those regions and don't listen to those sports teams. So I sort of had a little problem uh, uh, focusing and that had nothing to do with the quality of your interview. It's just an interview is a booking game. I really like the choice you made to focus in on the interview. I thought he was like, I don't want to say workmanlike because that is not, polite i'm looking for 
journeyman or something like a really interesting person who 10 years from now you'll go back and say hey i had the interview with this guy now he's calling mlb games on sunday nights right like this is an interview that's going to age like a fine wine excellent thanks jenny uh scott how about you i thought this was really great um an amazing back and forth again a subject that i'm not i mean i like baseball but I follow it in fits and starts. I play video game baseball, and I also kind of get into it during the playoffs. Um, I thought that if this was part of a, I don't know, a sports network or or whatever, it'd be an amazing little flavor piece. I thought your questions and follow-ups were really strong. Follow-ups are a big part of a good interview. My goal was to be a professional baseball player uh, my entire life, uh, until e- even going into college. What did you end up doing for you know your four years over there? And not everybody excels at that. Um, I thought your ability to sort of pick up what he said and say, okay, but how about this and take it a little further was, was really good. Um, that's, that struck me as, as top notch. Oh, yeah, and finally, I thought your final question was really great. And I think that is a mark of a good interview. One thing I do like to uh, ask of our guests as we kind of wrap up here is uh, for anybody that maybe is kind of where you were during this time and trying to, you know, they don't have their life path sort of figured out. They can't really see it. Do you have any advice for those people? Where people can walk away with a question and answer that actually just gets right to the core of why you're talking in the first place. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. And let's go over to Alex. This was really good. I think you did a great job with this. Uh, First of all, this was the only show for me out of the three that had an actual introduction. And when I talked about context at the very beginning, this is the show that did it. You had actually, I understood what I was going into, right? Like I understood the mission of what I was listening to, the value I was going to get out of it. And, you know, value doesn't always have to be some tangible ROI, you know, businessy, businessy, businessy. It could be entertainment, right? But you had a a defined theme for the conversation. I knew what I was getting into. Uh, the one, a, a couple things that were a bit shaky for me, the audio quality piece on his end, that was, um, a struggle for me knowing his background. I feel like that should have been doable. The other thing was that it, it just wasn't tremendously compelling compared to, uh, the two other interviews. Now that doesn't mean that it wasn't good because to me, this was the best interview. This was the most interviewee interview out of the three. So I think that that was amazing. Um, and, and I want to give you kudos from as somebody that really enjoys the art of interviewing. I think you did a stellar job. Uh, it, it really came off like you were a pro. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Well done, Jason. Yeah, good job with that. All right, let's move over to Ken. Hello. My new best friend, Ken. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that, that title for a show. Cause it does just kind of, yeah. Go right into like what, what to expect from it. I might've borrowed um, it from Conan O'Brien, but you know, uh, how, how did, tell me about how you went about, uh, picking Steven Toblowski for your interview. Okay. So, uh, we have a discord, uh, the, uh, ANTP team there. And, um, this guy, Jason mentioned, uh, Steven Tobolowski. <laughs> and I was like, where do I know that name from? And I Googled him and I'm like, huh, he's got a podcast. Oh, look at that. There's his email address. So I added him to my long list of people to contact. And he's one of the few that got back to me. <laughs> That's awesome. And then um, since then, like I, I might've fallen in love with him 
just listening to yeah. his his podcast and I got his audio book and I just I just became smitten. He's 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 an easy uh easy interview. I mean not not in a bad way, yeah. but it certainly seemed like you had a really easy time talking to him. Yeah, and, I don't know that- if, if I'm sure the judges will will notice this and, and mention it, but a lot of my questions are like, so uh uh, and then he just takes it and he gives a good yeah. five minute spiel about, uh, falling, breaking his neck in the, in a volcano in Iceland or something like that. <laughs> right. So oh, I, man. I, I really cheated this week. So, uh, let's get to our judges and we're going to start this time with Scott. Okay. So Ken coming off a pretty good week last week. Um, I saw your running time and went, Oh crap. He went 15 minutes. This is long. <laughs> and I was worried. I was worried that was going to be a problem. Uh, just from a, you know, kind of, can you keep it together for that long? You know, and, I, and this is before I knew who you interviewed. I didn't know any of the interviewees until I hit play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that first thought behind me, I just thought, man, what a great get. Like, I already really like that dude. I like him in all the bit parts I've ever seen him in. There, there's a part of this interview where you brought up Ned Ryerson's character, you know, the character Ned Ryerson, which everyone knows him from. And I was kind of reticent. Should I talk about Groundhog Day? Like Star Trek was was my was my Davy Crockett. You you grew up with Davy Crockett and and Leonard Nimoy. I get his frustration. He came out with a book called I Am Not Spock. Has there ever been a moment, uh, I am not Ned moment in your life? The Star Trek comparisons you made with Spock and everything are dead on. It's like a very typecasty kind of role in a movie that's considered perfect and viewed by everybody a million times. And it's about a thing that happens a million times. It's just such a weird movie. And I'm glad you brought that up, even though it seems like a bad idea. Yeah. And you did it in a way that, said to me anyway that you knew it was possibly a bad idea but you wanted to go you wanted to stretch there anyway and just kind of see what you could get out of it because we got really interesting insight out of it stuff i didn't expect Mm. it would have been a lesser interview had you avoided those things i think that was a a brave move and it paid off in this case now you know maybe i'd be saying something different if he reacted poorly to it but Mm -hmm. very good job this week i really really liked it Oh, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Let's go over to uh, Alex. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard time on the intro and the outro piece, kind of mm-hmm. what Scott was talking about. I had no context coming into the interview knowing, like, why am I listening? And I think putting that aside, one thing that I absolutely loved about your interview was that that lead into introducing him. It was almost poetic. To see him is to be overwhelmed from uncanny familiarity. Where do I know him from? And in your head, you hear, Ned? Come on, Ned Ryerson. Needle knows Ned, Ned the head. And bing, it hits you. That's right. He's that guy from Groundhog Day. But to reduce the prolific character actor, Mr. Stephen Topolowski to that guy Ned from Groundhog Day, or any of his other near 300 roles in IMDb, is like pointing to a loaf of bread and calling it a teaspoon of baking powder, for it is but one tiny ingredient in the makeup of Mr. Stephen Topolowski. 
it was so nice to listen to. I just really enjoyed how you described him and the flow and your and your voice and everything. I thought that that was really cool. Um, Thank you. But that said, I, I really think that it would have benefited me to know why am I listen? Why is he on this show? Um, there were a couple times, just from a technical perspective. I don't know if maybe you were uh, interviewing um, before, uh, or I'm sorry, after recording an introduction and an outro. I, I do that a lot, but at some points, your voice sounded like a little echoey, and and yeah. that was a little distracting at times. I'm I'm just a little sensitive to that sort of thing. O- overall, I think the conversation itself was just. A, a great conversation. There was great rapport. You know, you talk about how you want an interview to just sound natural. This was very natural. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thanks, Alex. Let's get over to Jenny. Um, I will say that this is the interview that made me say, that guy. I can't believe he got to talk to Stephen Toblowski. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know his email address, Jenny. Yeah. I mean, I was so <laughs> jealous of your accomplishment that that to me is why I created my judge's choice is jealousy. Cause I was like, this is such a great get. And it's, it's such a, a tribute to how important the right booking is because look, the booking game is about as played out as it could possibly be in the world of storytelling. Cause Oprah has a podcast. Oprah has a TV network. Oprah has a, TV show so Oprah can get anyone she wants and the rest of us are just looking for the interesting take on a person who we know but may not know and so what I would say is that uh, you got a person that everybody knows but nobody totally knows and that is the sweet spot of booking and because you have a distinct personality that is very laid back which is weirdly a version of Steven Toblowski that uh, mm. exists, although not as Ned Ryerson, but like, like there is a, a laid back character that he plays. It worked so well. Like <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. I can't wait. This is the second thing you've done that I can't wait to share with my husband, Matt, who's a huge comedy guy. So I, I was just blown away by this. Now I'm going to ding you. Because you did not do, you you didn't care that this was a podcast. (laughs) You're like, I got Steven Tobolsky, what do I care? (laughs) We had no idea what your podcast was about or why, but like, um, Mm. as someone who has really leaned towards the stripped down podcast as a, almost a distinguishing feature amongst the overly highly produced podcasts of public radio, uh, I hear you. But just mm-hmm. give us a little tiny bit to hang our hat on at the beginning of the end. Even if it's something funny or meta or like anti-structure, that's still structure. But great job. Oh, thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. And let's get over to September. Hello. Hello. Always hate batting third, right? Because it's like, uh, oh, man, uh, the, the, the delay. You've got to wait. and, and uh... <laughs> Like everybody was so great. <laughs> yeah. How much time did you record with uh, with Will total to pare it down? 20 minutes. We had a tech issue and he had a hard out. He offered okay. me a reschedule, but, and he said, well, I'm pretty clear the rest of the week. And I just, I was like, uh, because the risk was way high, you know, mm-hmm. if I didn't yeah. get it done in time. So he's like, all right, all right. You know what? We got 20 minutes. It was like 19 or something. He's like, let's just do it while it's working. So we did. <laughs> Um, but 
we had a good conversation. <laughs> Worked out. Um, let's get to our judges. We're going to start this time with Alex. <sighs> September. I wanted Will Wheaton for season one and I emailed Will and he never got back to me. And I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm getting the envy piece uh, from, from, from Jenny, because that was such to me, it was the best get you got the get for me this week. That was awesome. And I, and I, and I love that you did that. I'm going to ding you on a, on a, the same thing that, that we talked about before with Ken, just the intro and the outro. I think, I know what Geek Grills is. I've been on the show. I I think that uh, it, it would have been beneficial to talk a little bit more about, well, why is Will Wheaton there? I mean, you know, you can kind of put two and two together with the name of the show and all that stuff. But I think that it, it's important to add a little bit of context. There are a couple of little editing uh, pieces. I think uh, the, the, the crow piece in the beginning where his dog was going berserk at the crow. It is. You're like going to be great for any show. And I... Wow. Marlo is very upset that there's a crow trying to uh, apparently sit on a wire in the backyard. I think you have an opportunity to take some some of that stuff out, give people some of the meat. I think that it was, to me, like, I think I, I, you knew what was going on because you were in the context of having the conversation with him. When I heard that, I was kind of taken aback, like, wait, did my earphone just like kind of blow out? Like, what was that noise? The little things like that. I think you have an opportunity to take out, uh, and you could even edit out some of the little awkward pauses and, and some of the ums and some of the things to make it feel a little bit more, um, you know, put together. But, but in, in general, I love, um, that you were able to land, uh, this guest. I think that you could have an opportunity to really structure a conversation like Will Wheaton. He's, he's got a couple books on it. I mean, even his latest one really talking about anti-bullying, positivity, mental health, and some of that stuff. And you could have leveraged that message throughout the entire course of that conversation and really themed it. I think that you also had opportunities to ask a lot of like, why and, and how did you overcome this specific issue uh, to add a little bit of extra uh, value to the listener who who's listening in with a starstruck ears thinking, Oh, Will Wheaton, she's getting to talk to Will Wheaton, but not just that, but I also get to learn from Will Wheaton on how he was able to, really rethink his presence on the internet and understand how maybe I'm, I'm struggling with some of that myself. Maybe I could use a little bit of that, uh, that wisdom from him too. I think there's opportunity to do that there. Uh, and, uh, job well done. Very good. Thanks, Alex. Jenny, how about you? Yeah, this was another great get. Will Wheaton is synonymous with geek, right? And geek culture. So finding a niche that, uh, both of you could talk about together that wasn't just Will Wheaton knows geeky nerdy things like that it was specific like I love the thing where he talked about how he had to show his kids how he used to play computer games and they were like dad what <laughs> I had a really fun moment with my younger son uh, about a decade ago um, I found a mud that was still connected online and you had to get there by telnetting through a terminal and I was like, this is what we did. And he could not wrap his head around it at all. He did not understand how there was anything even remotely fun in that. Like to me, that was such a great detail that it stuck in my head for the last two days. Right. So I highly applaud uh, your work. I think um, it all just comes down to personal preference. Like uh, 
Will Wheaton in our world is more of a known quantity than Stephen Toblowski, but this is purely personal. I think both of you did the same great job and both of you totally forgot to like tell us what the podcast was, which remains important. Uh, even if you're just like pretending to come in for a segment, the concept of signposting and architecture is so integral to getting people to understand what your podcast is. Uh, don't leave it out even in this competition where you're like, I want all my 15 minutes for this cool person that I just interviewed. So that's my only ding. Uh, but whoo, great job and great job booking. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Scott, how about you? Well, this was my favorite of the week. Um, and for a few reasons, one, I think that it's an amazing get, of course, I mean, Will Wheaton, I tried from 2010 or so to about 2014, 15. I tried, I can't tell you how many times to get Will Wheaton on. Tom Merritt tried to get him on. We tried together to get him on various things. Current Geek and a half a dozen other shows. Could never get it done. Anyway, uh, really insightful stuff. You got through this entire interview without a single mention of Star Trek. I think that's good. I, I was telling Ken that he, I thought he thoughtfully sought out in his interview whether he should bring up Ned Ryerson or not. And it was the right thing to do in his case. And I think it was the right thing in your case not to bring up Wesley Crusher. Um, I think it's a temptation for a lot of people. I think he has mixed feelings about that era. At least that's the impression I get when I hear other interviews with him. Um, and I don't think it's something he wants to focus on, especially when he's got a book about a specific thing out. I think he did a great job of skirting all of that. And got really insightful about what drives the man, what makes him want to write the kind of books he does. I've It's the first time I've really heard him talk about being a father. It's a really, really cool. The first time I've really heard him uh, talk more about his uh, experience with his parents, which wasn't great. And all of that stuff was great. You having, you know, being able to relate to that with your own kids. Uh, if, I only, if I had one ding, and again, you're my favorite of the week, but if I had a single ding here, it was... Your levels were real weird in the beginning. Um, it, music was loud, and then you guys were really quiet. I actually had to go and adjust them up artificially, save it, and then play it again so I could hear it. It was a really strong showing this week. So September, great, great job. Thank you. Well done. Yeah. Uh, this is what I love about doing this show, right, is that uh, we had three different podcast uh, submissions, um, and each one of them was a favorite of a different judge. I think each of the judges had a different favorite this week, and it just goes to show you how um, how there's still this kind of universal, yep, here's what worked, what didn't work, that kind of applies. And then they're like, oh, no, this one really connected with me. Oh, but this other one really connected with me. And I, I, it's one of the things I love about doing this show. So great job. It also makes it very difficult for you guys to figure out who won this week, which is also a nice little <laughs> side effect of that. But let's talk about that. Let's get to uh, who won this week. The highest scores I think I've seen all season this week, you guys, uh, which means you guys all killed it. You guys all did such a great job of... Uh, conducting your interviews, recording, editing, and really pulling uh, great information out of your guests. So congratulations for um, achieving the best scores I think I've seen all season long. That said, we did have a winner. And our winner this week is... Well, it's our new best friend. It's Ken. Kenny P. Congratulations, Ken. Oh, thank Good you job. so much. Yeah, what a great what a great job. You uh just the fact that you made it so conversational and uh you 
whether it was a, a you know a fully intentional choice or just a partially intentional choice you ended up picking a a guest who's on the same laid back level as you which made for a very entertaining listen yeah, he's a Texas laid back, which is very compatible with the Canadian laid back. <laughs> with the Canadian laid back. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. Uh, judges, anything to add? I mean, all I would add to this is you you have a knack for this stuff, and the conversational stuff is part of your DNA. I just think I think you have a really, really bright future in content if you decide to pursue it uh, more fully, because there's just there's something about you that is so easygoing and naturally funny without it feeling forced. Oh, and I think interview you. is your, is your niche too. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, wow. You know. This is the first interview I think I've done. So, wow. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. Well, uh, the, the easy part of the show uh, aside, let's move on to the hard part. But fortunately, it's the last time that, that we're going to have this hard part. Listen, next week, the show's going to be over for everybody. But this time, it's just over for one person. Uh, leaving America's Next Top Podcaster this week, somebody who is very much a top podcaster, it is Jason. Dude, it's uh, going to be so hard to uh, to lose you as a as a competitor this week because uh, you've brought so much to this. You more than anybody felt like a hit the ground running uh, a player. You knew exactly what you were doing uh, with a lot of these things. You knew what you wanted to achieve each week, and your your feet were spinning before the uh, the, the soles of your shoes touched the ground. So. I guess that's really the definition of hitting the ground running. But, uh, <laughs> Nailed it. I like, I, just, yeah, I like the little extra. The, the, the visual, the little Scooby-Doo visual yeah. that I gave I you. Think I, I feel like yeah. I want to say to Justin, or Jason rather, I don't want to say anything to Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to Justin today. Um, I would like to bottle up your enthusiasm and your positivity and and replenish my own. Like I'm, I'm very, <laughs> very much going to miss... Like well, who we have left now are two kind of low key present presenters and you've got like a not salesmanship. It's not the right word. Cause I don't want, I don't like the, there's negativity around some of that. Um, a presence I, presence. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you have it. And I, I could use more of it. It's just a nice change of pace to hear somebody who's excited every week, positive every week takes uh, takes criticism in the way that it's intended. Um, I just think that makes you a good dude. And I'm, I was, I'm happy that I was able to share this time with you, dude. You're, you were great. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, you know, when I saw those, uh, names pop up in the star recognition, I knew that, uh, kind of the writing was on the wall at that point. So, um, you know, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been you know, a thing and, and and uh, you you know everybody agreed that your your interview was the most structured and well laid out. So star recognition is one thing, but actually going into an interview and having a a structure and all that stuff is is so key. And you nailed that this week. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, don't go anywhere, uh, Jason, because uh, it's time to issue uh, the next challenge. Uh, yeah, guys, this is it. This is the week you've been competing for all season long. Listen, you've survived uh, 10 challenges over the course of 11 grueling weeks of clawing and scratching to keep yourself in this dog-eat-dog podcasting school of ours. 
You've managed to show proficiency in the all the different varied skills required to be America's Next Top Podcaster. You've been writers. You've been editors. You've been producers. And in the last few weeks, you've had to be all three at the same time. You've created over a half dozen pilot episodes of podcasts, some of which have been lauded as ready for prime time by our judges. But above all of these things, you've shown that you have the willingness to take criticism and improve yourselves as podcasters. So now, in this week, your final challenge, it's time to show everyone just how much you've learned. Our final challenge is an ANTP classic. This week, you're going to be going back to the podcast drawing board. The production team has dug through all of the podcast submissions from the past 10 weeks and has curated a list of four podcast entries that came in last place during the weeks that they were submitted. Your challenge is going to be to select one of these four podcasts and show us how you can do better now that you have the knowledge and experience of an ANTP finalist. Uh, One or more of these challenges would certainly be one that you worked on the first time around, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're required to choose that podcast. You can choose any podcast from this list, regardless of whether you worked on it on your team or not. However, you are required to do another episode of the same podcast series. So Ken, you're our winner from last week, so you get to choose first. Okay. So, yeah. um... (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, World's Most Dangerous Chemical. Ooh, very good. All right. The Science Challenge from week six. Very good. Uh, September? Uh, I'm going to pick Cheers to Brewing. <laughs> okay. Back to right. the beginning where we yeah. had all those, you know, alcohol-themed things. I'm shocked, September. When every week was booze. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So just as a reminder, you'll need to iterate on the original concept. Take the judge's advice from all the weeks you've been competing, not just that week, but definitely pay attention, of course, to what made that show fail that week and show us exactly how much you've improved and advanced over the season. And uh, as you've already kind of alluded to, yeah, you're not going to be doing it alone. You're each getting the help of past contestants. We had each of you let us know who you'd like to work with. And so we have the list here of who will be on your final challenge team. Ken, you're going to be working with Bill, Jason, and Sean Allred. September, you're going to be working with Sean Weiland, Keysign, and Sean White. So maybe it's a good thing you picked drinking because you've you've got a bartender on your team. We brought all our Sean's back. I love it. Our first three out are going to be in our in our finals. So I absolutely love that. Uh, listen, remember, this is your time to shine as a podcaster. Don't hold back pull out all the stops. You have this one last chance to prove to the judges that you deserve to be named America's next top podcaster. So I can't wait to see what you guys come uh, Scott, up with. any, any advice for our teams? Nope. Um, this is a, uh, the only, well, I would say this it's, it's one of the more torturous things Brian does to everybody. Um, because you're trying to improve on a thing that no one was too sure about in the first place. You know what I mean? So I guess go into it, just guns blazing. Don't, stress too much over um making it perfect just try to just come at it with like all the stuff you've learned and any kind of raw talent you've un- discovered about yourselves recently and apply that to it um so that you know it's a not just a repeat of what we've already heard and b something better Very good and uh, alex having gone through this in season one and having to uh, I guess you you guys could have done. What was the the challenge in season one? You could just do anything, right? Any any 
losing or winning podcast. You just had to give us another episode. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I chose and I don't remember it. I just woke up. It was like moon night. I woke up with a nosebleed and, and uh, holding a second place trophy. Um, so maybe I'm not the best person. No, in, in all seriousness, I think that this is, uh, this is an opportunity to really take everything that you've learned to, to the points earlier, take everything that you've learned, really take note of what was good too about what worked well for the shows uh, in, in the previous weeks and take that, bring it into, into this iteration and really take ownership, make it your own. That's going to do it for this episode. So on behalf of our judges, our coach, our producers, and everybody who worked so hard behind the scenes, including Alex, to make keep all the wheels moving, this is Brian Abbott saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the finale of America's Next Top Podcaster. Hello, ANTP listeners and fellow cast members. This is Jason Peters coming at you for the last time do want to give a quick shout out to a couple of my fellow cast members. Trip Rogers, you are a super dope guy. It's been a pleasure to meet you. I look forward to staying in touch with you. Sean Allred, you and I will certainly be reviewing movies together here. Uh, we've already done so, and I look forward to doing it again. And then Ken, my man Ken. Uh, if I had to lose to anybody, it was happy to be you. Hopefully when all is said and done, you have come away with the crown on this thing. So, yeah, to everybody else who's listening, hopefully you enjoyed what I had to bring to the table in different respects. This will always be a thing that I have done. And signing off for the last time, this is Jason Peters. Take care. America's Next Top Podcaster is hosted and created by Brian Ibbett. Hammond Chamberlain is our executive producer. The show is written and edited by our producer, Bobby Frankenberger. Alex Albisu conducts our post interviews and is our Patreon manager. Social media community manager is me, Monica Stone. Thanks to all our patrons and sponsors. And most of all, thank you for listening. For more information, go to America's Next Top Podcaster.com. <laughs>